like to start out by just, let's just start out with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we, we think of this Memorial Day that, that is upon us, and, and Lord, I think of the lives that have been laid, the blood, the tears, the foreign soils, the home soil. Lord, just all the different people that have been willing to go above and beyond. Lord, not only for our country, but for you. Lord, I pray that you would just bless this time that we have at this time of memorial. And Lord, that we just grow close to you. Lord, we love you and thank you. Let us honor those as we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, when I think of holidays and I think of the different things that have gone on, um, I think of Christmas and, and Easter and just the different views that people have of them. And, you know, Christmas is about presents. Easter is about rabbits and eggs. But then I think about what the real meaning behind those are. You know, someone would tell you today that, that Memorial Day is about family about friends, about a day off of work, a day that we can get pulled together, right? We can come together, we can barbecue, maybe just lounge. Maybe it's a time to just take a breath. But Memorial Day is so much more than that. There's, I, I, I'm sure if I was to ask you to raise your hand, do you know someone that Memorial Day means something more to? Maybe it's someone that has that fought for their country and they've died. They've died for our freedoms. I do know for a fact there's been people from this area right in here that have died recently on foreign soil. To those families, Memorial Day is it's much different. So if I lose it during the sermon, I'm sorry. But um, it's close to my heart when I think of these things. Do you know, no one really knows where, where, where Memorial Day really had its beginning. There's more than two dozen cities that claim that Memorial Day is that they started it. But what we do know that it was officially recognized by John Logan the national commander of the Grand Army of the Republic and formally observed when flowers were placed on the graves of both uh, Union and Confederate soldiers at, in Arlington National Cemetery on May 30th, 1868. After World War I, the observance expanded to include not only those that died in the Civil War, but for those who have graves. Lives that were given for fighting on foreign soil. Tomorrow, people of all ages will get together and gather. My, my prayer is, is when they get together and they gather, that, that I'm, not, I'm not against having family come together. Well, I'm going to have friends that we're going to get together with, and we'll cook out and we'll do that. But I want, I want it to be our thoughts and our prayers to be with those families. 
That as we think of our liberties and our sacrifices and the things that have affected us in our lives and, and, and the ability for me to be here in front of you today and to be able to freely give God's word to you and not worry about what's going to happen. About does he say something? Is there people waiting outside that can grab me and run me out of here? It's those freedoms that I'm talking about. It's those freedoms. I want to talk about a few men that I want to share a story with you about. So the first one is, is a sergeant. His name is, is, is Michael Strank. He's a Franklin Borough PA. He was born November 10th of 1919. Michael enlisted as a Marine in 1939 before World War II. Before that, he was a highway worker. He would be a Marine that would also lead by example. He was a Marine that, that, was, that was not separated from his men. He was a guy that was, he ate with them. He didn't go to the sergeant's mess. He ate with them. He lived life with them. He led them. Corporal um, Harlan Block of Rio Grande Valley, Texas. He was born November 6, 1924, and joined the Marines with seven classmates as they graduated from high school. He led them to become part of this legendary company called E Company. PFC Franklin Salsley of Hilltop, Kentucky. He was born September 19, 1925. He grew up in, uh, in Kentucky and helped his mother, Goldie, make ends meet. See, he lost his brother at five to appendicitis, and at 35, his dad died of diabetes. And he ended up becoming the father figure. PFC Rene. Gagon of, of Manchester, New Hampshire. He was born March 7, 1925. He was the son of a French Canadian. He grew up without a father. See, his, his parents separated and got divorced when he was very small, when he was an infant. After he received his draft notice, instead of waiting for the, 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 the government to say where he was going, he enlisted in the Marines as well. PFC Ira Hayes, he was a, a Gila River Indian Reservation in Arizona. He was born January 12, 1923. He was a Pima Native American, so he was an Indian. His father, Joseph Hayes, was a veteran of World War I. Ira would go on to enlist in the Marines, even though he knew he wouldn't receive a draft notice because of his, his status. But he felt like he needed to go. He would also become part of E Company. And then there was hospital corpsman John Bradley. He was of Appleton, uh, Wisconsin. He was born January 10, 1923. He was actually studying to become a, a funeral director before he was received his draft notice. He had just finished a 16-month internship to be a funeral director. So he would join the, the Navy and then ended up going to Corman School because of his background. And then he would go on to be stationed with Marines. 
I might, you might be looking and going, Jeff, why are you mentioning these different people? Why are you, why are you, you're talking about people that were born in the teens and the 20s, the early 20s, and why would, why, what's relevant about this? Well, I, I have a feeling that you know each and every one of these, maybe not by name, but I bet you I'm going to put their photo up here right now, and I bet you by photo you know exactly who I'm talking about. Hopefully it comes up here. Maybe. <laughs> I'll go ahead and let you in on it. There's a, there we go. There's a photo, and it'll come up in a second, I know it will. There's a photo of some people planting a flag. How many have seen that flag before? That is probably one of the most famous military photos that you've ever seen. You might not know this. That was actually the second flag that was actually raised that day. 45 minutes before this photo was taken, the first flag was raised. It was a little bit smaller. That was the raising of the flag on Iwo Jima. Uh, they were on, the, on Mount Suribachi. And, and it, it kind of, it's a volcanic island. There's not much going on there. There's not a whole lot going on there. And the reason why it was so strategic is, is there was two airfields in there, and they were full of Japanese fighter planes. And, and this is actually, Hiroshima was actually considered part of Tokyo. It was part of Japan. This was sovereign country of Japan that they, that they were going. But what would happen is our bombers were flying over, and they would get attacked on the way over there, and we'd lose many bombers. Then on the way back, they get attacked again, and we lose more bombers. And it got so bad that the Air Force says, listen, guys, if this keeps on going, we can't sustain these losses. And so they, they made a plan to attack it. Japan knew we were going to attack it. They had 12,000 troops there. We lost 22,000 Marines taking that piece of property. To date, it's the only time in Marine Corps history that we lost more people than the enemy on this. Incredible. Movies have been made about it over and over again. The battle in Hiroshima lasted 36 days. Actually, I was off. 36 days at the cost of 26,000 is what it was. And you can... You can see that there's a memorial at Arlington, which is a recreation of this one. There's actually one other person you can't see. He's on the other side of them as well. You can actually see him if you look one back, second one right in between the next two guys. There's another person on the other side on it. Um, all of these guys had a hard time with this, that they were made heroes. Uh, I read a story where one of them said that he wishes when they stuck that, that up there, because when he stuck that pole in the ground, they went up there wishing it didn't have a flag on it because everybody made such a big deal for him. Later on, several of them could have came back and toured the United States, raised war bonds and things like that and been out of the fight, but they didn't. Part you might not know is that a few, a few days later, three of them would lose their lives. They would go on and 
um, to fight in about, I think it was within like three or four days later, they would die in Hiroshima as well. See, the Bible's full of memorials. When we read our text, and if you read your text, if you're reading with us this through the Bible, and if you're not, I encourage you to because it's so rich and it's incredible on how, how God interacts with us and how he uses his word to speak in our lives and speak truth in our lives and show us. Just this week, you read about Saul and Jonathan dying. See, that's not just, that's just one memorial in the Bible. Total, there's over 230 times that God brings up memorials in the Bible as we look at this memorial day. I want to read a memorial that's in here that, that, that King David would write for Saul. Guy trying to kill him, by the way, but he was God's anointed. And Jonathan, his son, which is like a brother to David. So in 2 Samuel, if you have your Bible with you, right at the very first chapter of 2 Samuel, we're going to start reading in verses 17 through 27. And it's also up here on the board as well. It says, David took up and, uh, this lament and, and concerning Saul and his, and his son Jonathan. And he ordered that the people of Judah be taught this lament and, of, of the... Lament of the bow, as is written in the book of Jashar. A gazelle lies slain at your heights, Israel. How the mighty have fallen. Tell it not to Gath. Proclaim it not in the streets of Ashton. Let at least the daughters of the Philistines be glad. And at least the daughters of the uncircumcised rejoice. The mountains of Geboah, may you have neither dew or dew or rain. May no showers fall on your terraced fields. For there is a shield of the mighty was despised for the shield of Sal. No longer will it be rubbed with oil. For the blood of the slain from the flesh of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan did not turn back. The sword of Saul did not return unsatisfied. Saul and Jonathan in life, they were loved and admired, and in death, they were not parted. They were swift. They were swifter than eagles, and they were stronger than lions. Daughters of Israel, weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet and finery and adored you with garments with ornaments of gold. How the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain. On your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother, for you were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than, than that of women. How, how the mighty have fallen, the weapons of war have perished. And so we can see this, this, this. Jonathan, and, and I wish I could be more like, all right, Jonathan, like David. I wish I could be a lot like David. David had this act of, of taking his heart and just pouring it out. And you read through the Psalms and you can see it over and over again. See, I love, I love David because, first of all, God said he was a man after his own heart. But you know, when I read about David, he wasn't perfect either. Just like you're not perfect and nor am I. See, the mighty of the military have fallen as well. Just as they were going to war against the Philistines, we have people that are in, in harm's way now. 
In 2 Samuel 1.19, the third verse that we read, it says, A gazelle lies slain at your heights, Israel. And just the very end of that, how the mighty have fallen. How the mighty have fallen. As Americans, Memorial Day is an opportunity to remember those brave soldiers who sacrificed their lives defending our country. We have a proud heritage of men and women that have been in, in harm's way, that have, that have written a tall check. I was reading a, another story and it was talking about that people, it, I think it's a little bit misconceiving. I've heard it said a lot of times, you've know, you got soldiers that are willing to go die for you. And it's kind of a little off on that. I was, I was in the Navy. My friend back here, he's in the, he's in the guard. And, and, and we know that, that going to war or going to fight for our country might cost us our life. But I never went into anywhere and said, man, I sure hope I can give my life today. Actually, if you ask most soldiers, they're saying, I sure hope we get more of them than they get of us. That's usually how that works. But when I, when I was enlisting, and I, and I got to thinking about it, I got to thinking about writing checks. And what happened was, is the day that I enlisted in the military, just like all these people that were remembering for Memorial Day, they wrote a check and it was up to the cost of our entire lives. We're hoping it doesn't get cashed, but if it does get cashed, remember me this Memorial Day. Remember. See, every year on my Facebook, I put it up, and I'll put it up today for Memorial Day. It says only two people have been willing to die for your soul. One's the American soldier, and the other is Jesus Christ. See, in, in, in John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no man, has no one than this, that they would lay there on their lives for their friends. And when I think of our people and I think about those ones that are before us, that's what I think of. The people that were willing to lay down their lives just as Jesus laid down his life for you. Same way. In American wars, to give you an idea, in the Civil War, six, 631,000 died. In World War I, 116,000. World War II, 407,000. Korea, 54,000. Vietnam, 58,000. Desert Storm, 148. As of, and then as of May 26 to 17, so it's a little older so far over in um, Afghanistan and, and uh, Iraq, 6,915 American soldiers have died serving this country. And the number's actually higher than that. So as you think about Memorial Day, it's an opportunity to remember those people, that long line of people that have fought for our country and fought for our freedom, that, that when you see that flag standing up there, it means so much more. And that's why that photo I showed you earlier was so resonating with the American people, because they can see that flag being raised and know that, that listen, we were there. I read a story about in Irojima about Sarabachi. Um, the commander that was over top of the Japanese in that area said he had no doubt that the Americans were going to take it. He wanted to make it as costly as they could, and he did. 
It was the most uh, bombarded island in, in our history. The most ordnance were dropped on it, but everybody was so... They had all the tunnels and all the pillboxes and all those different things, and they were so buried that it had no effect. I want to also talk a little bit about, and I would be, I'd be hard-pressed not to mention this. I also need to think about Jesus Christ, who sacrificed his life that we might have eternal life. In 1 John 3.16, we always talk about John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, or his only begotten son, depending on your translation, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But I want to read to you 1 John 3.16. It says, we know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. See, Jesus paid the price for our sin. He paid the biggest price for our sin. He suffered, bled, and died on the cross for me and for you. And he's given eternal life for all who have believed. And and it's this Memorial Day. I want to kind of switch things up a little bit. And I don't want to detach anything from our American soldiers. I'm telling you, I have such a heart for our military and those that served and, and the families and and I, I, the older I get, the more tender my heart becomes to that. I don't want to detract from that. But as a Christian, I also think about those that came before me in Christ. See, mighty Christians have fallen as well. In 2 Samuel, the very towards the very end of our passage, it says, in 125, it says, How the mighty have fallen in battle, Jan, Jonathan, Lies slain in your heights. See, we tend to only look at the military side of it, but there's a transition over onto the other side. Christians have also given all for the sake of the gospel. Going to foreign lands. There's a story about at the end of the spear, and, and you can. There's a movie that was made of it, and, and basically it's a, a family of missionaries. It was a husband and a wife, and they went to I think it was Africa, right? And they went to a tribe that was known to be pretty hostile. And they had weapons with them. And then they came in there. And even though they could have defended themselves, they chose not to. Because they knew that doing that would hinder the gospel being spread. And because of that, they were actually even killed. But later on, that couple's son would go back into that area. And they knew that this was his son of this family that went in there. And they couldn't believe that they would come back and he would share Jesus with them. And through that, people were saved. Incredible stories. We can talk about the apostles. Every apostle, with the exception of of John, the youngest, was martyred. Don't think John had it easy either. He was boiled in oil and left to die on the Isle of Patmos. That's where your book of Revelation comes from, by the way. And and we can read of, of each and every one just incredible stories of, of different Christians. And we think about today in, in this world, and we think that, man, I live here in the United States of America. I was recently asked by, a, by a, someone, I don't know if I shared this with you, but I, I had a, a class that I did, and, and 
and I was teaching and there was a, a, a lady in there and she was from Russia and she was in the process of getting her American citizenship and we got to talking and, and I got to tell her, you know, I've been around a lot of the world and I've been in a lot of different countries and she goes, I got a question for you, where would you live if you could live anywhere? I said, right here. I said, there is no greater country that there is than the United States of America and she says, you're serious? This is the only place you live? I said, why are you trying to live here? I do believe it. I've been all over the world. And, and we have so blessed. God has shown favor onto us. But we forget and we think that because I'm up here and I'm able to proclaim Jesus Christ to you. We forget about other places. In 2017, 3,066 Christians died for believing in Jesus Christ. That's 322 a month. There's countries. You, you guys are hearing about North Korea right now a lot on the news. Do you know in North Korea that if you are a Christian, you are an enemy of the state and enemies of the states are put to death. You can get put to death for owning a Bible. And we haven't even started talking about Muslims that, that are in Muslim countries. That if you trust Christ as your Savior, you can be put to death by your own family. And it's probably applauded by other people. But yet there's people that, that smuggle Bibles into places like Korea and Japan, or not Japan, but China, and these other countries where, where they're shut off from the rest of the world because they know that, that there's a Savior out there and He loves them. And He wants them to be able to have a relationship. They said that, listen, I am willing to write that check for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How the mighty Christians have fallen. Just as our... Freedoms were hard fought for. I think about I think about Europe right now. Europe sent missionaries here to the Americas so that the gospel would be spread. Well, Europe is struggling with that now, and they're saying that listen, we need we need missionaries sent our way now. Don't forget us. And maybe it won't cost our lives. See, here's the problem with being a Christian is everybody believes that when you become a Christian, everything is easy. And we look at it and we say that, listen, I trust that Jesus is my Savior and my future secured. And you are absolutely right. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, then heaven's your home and no one can take that from you. Whether it's by sword or by gun or whatever, they might be able to kill the flesh. But Jesus said, don't worry about the one that can kill the flesh. Worry about the one that can take your soul. See, I want to read another passage to you. And this is out of 1 Peter 4, it's verses 12 through 17. It says, Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come to you to test you as though something, some, something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Jesus, you are blessed. 
For the spirit of glory of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any kind of criminal or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed. But praise God that you bear that name. For it is for it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? See, Peter's right writing in this. He says, listen, he goes, when you get in trouble or when you get in for gospel or, or beat or whatever, be gloried in that because you're doing it for the Savior and you've been found worthy to suffer for him. I think about, it was, uh, was it Peter? It was Peter and I think James that were beat and then they came back and they rejoiced because they were, they were beat for Christ. And what did they do? Went right back in the temple and kept on proclaiming Jesus Christ. And they said, listen, didn't we tell you not to do this? He goes, man, I obey you or obey God. So I'll obey God. And see, that's what we're talking about when we look at this and we think about the Christians of history and, and what are we doing? What are we doing? Just as our military has given us a rich history, so has our Christians. I think about my life and I think, am I outward enough? Am I the Christian that I'm supposed to be? Am I worthy of the sacrifices that other people have made? Not only is for our military, but our Christians. And I think there's more I can do. I'm not there yet. First Baptist, I want you to know that as we go forward, we need to quit being inward Christians and be outward Christians. We need to know that every circle around us needs to know that there is a God in heaven and that he loves them. And his son Jesus Christ came down and died on a cross for them. I want this church to be a place that's known as that's a church that shares the gospel. That's a, share, that's a church right there that, that is willing to sacrifice that others may know him. See, we need to remember and rejoice. As Americans, we can rejoice in the freedoms that we have in this country. The men and women who gave in all of their lives for service to the country, they didn't do it for nothing. They died fighting for the freedoms we enjoy in this country and the freedoms that we celebrate on this Memorial Day. So I got a couple things I want you to remember. I got a couple things I want you to rejoice in. First of all, I want you to remember the men and women that died for your freedoms. See, we, we are willing to give them away, but they were fought so hard for them, don't. Rejoice knowing that the men and women are still standing over the same freedoms. You have men and women today that are still enlisting in our military. There's men and women this Memorial Day that are, that are in harm's way. Rejoice in knowing that we have people that are willing to stand watch for you and for this country and your freedoms. Remember the men and women that have died for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The prices that they've paid as well. But I want you to rejoice in the gospel being spread through their actions. 
It wasn't for nothing. It wasn't for nothing. Rejoice. Remember that Jesus, remember Jesus on the cross and the blood that he shed. <laughs> but rejoice in the fact that we have eternal life because of that. Rejoice in the fact that the, that the grave is empty. Did you guys hear that? It's empty. See, all these other people that have died and said there were something still there. But Jesus rose. And because of that, we will rise. Remember the great commission that was given. And rejoice that you have been found worthy to follow in the footsteps of Christ and the other Christians that have walked in his way. What a blessing that we get to trod the same path as people like Billy Graham that just died recently. And just Christian after Christian, uh, there's, a, I should have wrote down his name, a pastor in Scottsburg just passed away two nights ago. Danny Jackson, remember his family. 20, I think I read 25 years he was at that church. But you know what? Today he's in glory. Amen. Great man of God. But you know what? We don't suffer like one that has no hope. Today, he's in glory. Amen. Amen. But remember that family in prayer as well. Remember the mighty that have fallen so that you may be free to worship. Both military and other believers that have marched before you. Remember Christ, because if he sets you free, you are free indeed. John 8, 36, so if the Son of Man makes you free, you are free indeed. I love that. I love being free. I love the fact that I have freedoms because of other people. I love the fact that I have freedom to spread the gospel because of Jesus and what he's done for me. And I want to honor our military this tomorrow. So when you guys break for Memorial Day and you're having your family, I'm going to challenge you to do me a favor. I want you to take a time and I want you to gather together, hold hands, put your arms around everybody. And I want you to stop and have a moment of silence and a moment of prayer and lift up those families that are grieving today. Look at those families that, that are going out to, to funerals, or not funerals, going out to the graves and they're laying a, a wreath for a family member that have given it all. If you go by Arlington National Cemetery or any veteran cemetery, you're going to see flags that are placed on each one of them. I want you to remember the Christians that went before you. And I want you to ask yourself, are you living a life worthy of Jesus Christ? And I can honestly say, I don't believe I am. But I can do something with that. I can say, listen, from this point on, as I march forward for Jesus Christ, as I march forward, I want to be different. I want to be more vocal about who I am and who is in me and who works through me. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come forward here. And 
I want to give you guys a time that, that you can come forward and, and, and listen, you know what, lift up these families. Maybe you can't come forward, then you sit down or kneel down right where you're at and let's raise up those families in prayer and those members and let them know that their sacrifice was not for nothing. The mighty have fallen. Let's remember them today. Maybe you're here today and you say that, listen, you go, Jeff, I, I hear what you're saying and I do. I love our military and I love those members and all the things that they've done for us. But what's this Jesus you speak of? How has he died for me? I would love to speak to you about that. I would like you to know that, that Jesus can be your savior, that he can come in and into you and change you. Because, you know, everybody's walking around with a hole. And they try to stick all kinds of different things in there. Some of the people at sports, race cars, drugs, whatever it is. But there is a God-sized hole that only be filled by Jesus Christ. Don't let today leave without that hole being filled. Jesus says if you come to him, he'll be there. Brother.
isn't it great to be with people you love and to see how God interacts with each and every one of us. And, and I just think that's wonderful. We're going to switch things up just a little bit. Normally we do have everybody hold hands and, and we do bind us together, but we're going to switch it up and we're going to do God Bless America. Amen. So if you would hold hands. Thank you.